0: Welcome to the KT Literary Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Nyan. I'm so thrilled about today's episode. I'm actually bringing you Sarah's Squared. KT Literary senior agent, Sarah Megabo sat down for a chat with her client, Sarah Morgenthaler, whose debut novel, The Tourist Attraction, came out earlier this week. This episode's a great view into their working relationship, but mostly it just sounds like we're eavesdropping on a conversation between friends. So without further ado, Enjoy.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Sarah Megabo. I am a literary agent at KT Literary, and I've had the distinct honor of working with Renee Nyan for years now. She is gifted and brilliant and has allowed me to step in to do an interview via podcast. I've really been enjoying the KT Literary Podcast for the past couple months. Um, I love hearing the behind the scenes stories from our authors. And I really liked Mike Haspel's interview a couple weeks ago about gaming. Renee is gifted at this. And this is my very, very first podcast. So I might not be as fabulous as she is. But we'll dive in. Um, I am today honored to be interviewing debut author Sarah Morgenthaler. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. We're going to have a lot of Sarahs on this one. (laughs) Double Sarahs. (laughs) Um, So, Sarah and I have met several times in person at a Romance Writers Conference a couple years ago, here in Colorado several times. Um, Remind me, how did you and I first start working together? Was it a query letter? Um, I
2: had finaled in a in a um, contest
0: an rwa
2: chapter contest and you were one of the judges and um actually the editor that acquired my debut was the judge on that manuscript as well you both were my final judges
1: well that's a very good team (laughs) it was yeah it, it worked out great
2: um and so after you read the book um, you asked for the full and okay. then that's how we started working together.
1: That's perfect. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even awesome. remember that. Time flies. Um, yes. So have you always wanted to be an author? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I've always been a writer. Um, oh. Trying to become a published author
2: was something I really actively only started trying about three years ago. Um, okay. I was one of those kids where, you know, in, class. I should have been paying attention to the teacher. And instead I was writing stories in my notebook. Um, and then, um, I was in a rodeo road rodeo when I was in high school and college, uh, first couple of years of college. And, um, so I was just like rodeo girl. Um, and then I would just write when I had, you know, fun, just like on the side for fun. Um, and it really so was when awesome. you say
1: rodeo, when you say rodeo, do you mean like barrel racing around uh, the barrel really, really yeah. fast? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, barrel I'm so racing. jealous. Yeah, <laughs> I am yeah. so jealous.
2: I I started that. Um, gosh, I was like ten. I think it was about ten when I started, yeah. and um, I I ended up moving out to California. through all, grabbed two of my friends, threw all of our stuff in my car, and then the three of us drove across country, and we moved to California um on the spur of the moment and I stopped barrel racing with that. Um I never got back into it after that. But we we had horses really um we just we just had our last horse pass away but he was he was in his thirties. Um I remember those pictures. Yeah. yeah he was so cool. Um but uh yeah we we've really had horses most of my whole life.
1: Um so I was probably okay. about 10 when I first started riding horses also. Oh, really? I rode hunter jumper. And I am 5'2". I'm the shortest person in my family by like a foot. Oh, and when I was 10 and 11 and 12 years old, I was the person in class. I wasn't writing the stories, but I was imagining stories inside my head. So I was always daydreaming. Yes. And all I kept wishing for was to be short enough to be a jockey because I wanted to ride racehorses. And so I would always say, I'm going to stay short. I'm going to stay short. I'm going to be a jockey. I'm going to be a jockey. And sure enough, I stopped growing at 5'2". And the rest of my family is all... <laughs> tall 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 six feet tall unfortunately I'm about 70 pounds heavier than any other jockey known to humanity so I didn't wish for that also which is <laughs> totally fine but I wrote hunter jumper for a long time too into into and after having moved to Colorado oh that's cool. I didn't know yeah. that one of the yeah. first
2: book series I remember loving was um the the thoroughbred the, the, the thoroughbred series and it was about um racehorses and this, and this girl who grew up um on a race, racetrack type farm, um, and racing farm. And they're really good books.
1: So. Yep. King of the Wind uh, was yeah. one of my favorites. And Wonder I used Farley. to really, really, this is really dorky, but I used to subscribe to the Blood Horse magazine, uh, which is the registry of thoroughbred, um, oh. mares and, and studs. <laughs> and I used to memorize the, uh, the stud registry every year. <laughs> We, I mean, we're talking really dorky, and I have all the No one's going to want to listen to us talk about of- right? like, like books. We're not talking about books. We're talking about ponies. We're going to talk about horses for a while. I had all the pictures of the Triple Crown race horses. Uh, like, oh, racehorses. Oh, ridiculous. I was ridiculous. Okay, so that yeah. does bring us – I mean, you have a lot of outdoor stuff in your books. Not yeah. that we have to necessarily always talk about the book, but um, – so one of the things that I really loved about the tourist attraction was the humor. Oh. And um there aren't horses that I remember. There's a big moose. <laughs> so I did put my
2: horses in there. Um in the series, my all the horses I've owned have made it into the series. Um Where is this nothing in there. So uh in tourist attraction, the heroine um Zoe, she goes on this trail ride and it oh, just everything sure. goes amuck. And she's okay. on this horse called mugs and um <laughs> she's looking over at this really, really calm, relaxed, nice horse named patch next to her. And she's thinking, man, I really wish I was on patch. And that was, (laughs) that was our horse that we had. We got him when he was four and, um, we had him and he just passed um, around Christmas and he was 30, which is really old for a horse. So he had a really good, long, happy life. Um, and he retired in style. I mean he had a wonderful place he was staying at. So um so yeah, so I put him in that and then um uh, Enjoy the View, which is the third book. I put um my first horse in there, Skipper, um Almino Mare. <laughs> and I put a my second my third horse, um my fourth horse, uh Chance and Sunny, in there. So all four horses that we've owned have
1: made it into the books see now i'll understand the easter eggs as i'm rereading everything yeah. <laughs> that is so cool mm, i had a yeah. 17 hand appaloosa gray appaloosa oh, nice. right and i am not That's a tall. huge it's a big horse was a big, big appaloosa horse. that is a really yeah. tall happy well he was a mutt um but he was yeah he was a big dude He was a big dude. Oh, that's so – all right. So I'm going to have to look for Patch. Um, When Mark and I got married in 97 Mm – oh, my gosh. I hope I got that right. (laughs) That's so embarrassing. So for our honeymoon, we went up to uh, Keystone here in Colorado because we were super young and didn't have a lot of money. So we just spent the weekend um, at a resort in Keystone, and we went on a trail ride. And one of the horses was named Diablo right and that's the one I got yeah I've got tons of riding experience and um, Mark's horse was named Grizz and it was this big huge lazy fat tired sleepy calm patient horse and at one point we were on the trail and we stopped for something and I looked over and Grizz had like literally fallen asleep standing up and so after we got back from our honeymoon one of our wedding gifts from our best friends was a set of kittens which is exactly the wedding Gets at somebody when they're 21 years old getting married, <laughs> um, and so they were little twins, um, Maine coons that grew into these behemoth 20 pound. Oh, I love that cat, they were huge! But the black and white one we named Grizz after the horse on our honeymoon. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, he was just this big, fat, lazy, mm-hmm. sleepy, calm, patient cat. It was so cute. So that's all That's all my horror stories, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I love cats,
2: but um, we actually travel for um, my husband's work. And um, so I haven't figured out how to have a cat in a travel trailer. Um, yeah. I know other people do it, but I just have the feeling that I'm going to be that person that my cat darts every place <laughs> we go. And I'm chasing it around random campground after
1: random campground
2: <laughs> so our dog oh,
1: go ahead i was just saying it would eat all the bunnies maybe <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have a dog that is she's she prefers to stay close and so she's oh, we don't ever have that to is... worry about her running away
1: that's so sweet mm-hmm. okay so tell me all right i know that this was one of the questions i intended to ask you so mm-hmm. I, I promise i will stay on target oh i um, jumped the gun on you Oh, it's all good. <laughs> so we were talking about humor, and I mm-hmm. specifically right. wrote down that I wanted to talk with you about humor because, you know, I'm sitting in my closet uh, working because <laughs> my son is doing online high school in the next room via Zoom, and my husband is in the other room doing his band via Zoom. So, you oh know, you got to find humor where you can. Right. Um, but, so the tourist attraction and that whole series has a lot of humor in it. And I think that some of it, if I remember correctly, was inspired by you and your husband's travels to these campgrounds. So, yes. can you tell me some of the funny anecdotes? Well, it's
2: so I love our lifestyle. I, I love <laughs> traveling all over the place. Um, you know, and tell and us some, what he does. Um, so he works in, he's a quality control inspector. Um, he checks, um, like, uh, piping welds and like he'll go to like a chemical plant or um you know someplace it is lots of different like manufacturing and um that kind of thing and um so it's just wherever they're working on a project and they need somebody to check to make sure welds are good and because of that we just get sent from job to job job to job Mm -hmm. and um sometimes the jobs last for a long time, and sometimes they last for a couple weeks or a couple days. And um, we have worked in—I would say probably—gosh, I don't want to get the number wrong. <laughs> we have not worked very much up in the New York area of the country. Um, okay and we have not worked in like Montana yet. <laughs> I think we're going to Montana next year, I think. I'm not sure. Um, but most
1: other states we've been to. So 48. 35-40. Uh, I'm sorry. 35 or 40 states.
2: Yeah, I would say I would say probably probably closer to the 35 range, but like last That's year so we worked cool. in six six different states
1: and one of them was colorado you came and to and one here. of them was
2: colorado and i fell yep. in love with colorado that Naturally. was actually perfect perfect place because we so what we do is we go to these jobs when he's off work and i'm done writing cuz that's what i do my job on the road is 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 a writer um which is the perfect job by the way if you're traveling all the time because yep. you know it doesn't matter where we're at i can do my job um if we're somewhere that doesn't have very good internet, it makes the job a little harder. But in general, it's it's just the perfect traveling job, um, and you just get inspired by all these different places you go. And mm-hmm. um, I completely forgot the question. I was,
1: oh, well, that's okay. She can edit it out. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, so you were talking about you've been to thirty five different states, and you go and you put your what I'm thinking you're going for is you put the camper in and then you meet weird people. Oh yeah, I mean so okay. so, so we park and
2: um, you know campgrounds and RV parks. You know a lot of the times. Um, you know sometimes we're in the city and sometimes we're out in the country and sometimes we are so far away from everything. Like I heard that we're about we might go to a job that's almost two hours away from the closest Walmart
1: whoa and,
2: yeah which is really really far like I didn't realize there were that many places left in the country that were still two hours away from Walmart um but so but it's it's funny because campgrounds seem to have this like funny welcoming it like kind of like culture about them um I could see that I could totally yeah, see that yeah it's it's almost like people who are used it's like it's it's almost like if you're just living your life as a tailgate oh um, so there's yeah
1: always my people. liver just rolled over <laughs>
2: <laughs> so there's like you know and there's you know it's not like it's necessarily like a party all the time if you go for a walk and we like to the place we're at right now in Tennessee is very pretty we like to go walk down and it's right on the Tennessee River and you know little strolls and stuff. Um, because that's the one thing about being under quarantine when you're in an RV park is your, or a campground is you still can like walk around and be away from other people. Um, but, and it's very pretty. Um, and, but there's always people that are having potlucks and there's always people outdoors with you know, with a fire and the campfire and kids playing and, you know, kids riding bikes. And there's always, always, always people on, um, I'm not going to get the word right. Uh, golf carts. It's like a golf oh cart. Oh my god! It's
1: golf cart culture out here. So they like drive around the country in golf carts in their trailer. So what they'll do is they will, they will, um, if they're in a big, big, big
2: RV, they oh will sometimes goodness. hook their um, and the RVs are the ones where like you get up and you drive in them. And then we have yes. a travel trailer that is connected to um, our our truck, and we drive that. But um, some people will have their big RVs, and then they'll they'll haul a car behind it, and then sometimes they'll haul a golf cart behind it. Oh my gosh! And that so is going down the road <laughs> with their golf cart. Um, That's work. And- <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah, and so and they get to the campgrounds or they rent one at the campground and then they drive around in their golf carts and they just cruise and they say hi and they wave at the people and it's just it's so funny like i we were just at a place in Texas and there was this person that was staying <laughs> near us and he would just blast desperado
1: oh boy <laughs>
2: at, the, at volumes that you would never get away with if you were in an apartment complex because <laughs> i've lived in apartments before and you know houses too you know, this is you know something that we have not been doing forever living on the road um and they just it, it's so it's it was just it, you can only all you can do is laugh because yes. you know there's nowhere you can go the walls are not as thick as you get in a house so you, if someone is determined to listen to Desperado at that level, that's what you're all going to listen to.
1: And that's so different than like where I live. Um, You know, right now I'm staring at the Rocky Mountains, which are under just feet of snow because it's apparently snowing today, yeah. but it's very consistent. You know, the same neighbors <laughs> walk the dog at the same time, and the uh-huh. you know, my old neighborhood. We just moved here from uh, Denver about eight months ago. In my old neighborhood, one of the neighbors walked his hedgehog on oh, a leash. There's a hedgehog yeah, right?
2: in, in um the second book in the Moose Spring yeah.
1: series. The hero that has is. a hedgehog. Yep. <laughs> they're so cute! Oh my god, oh, they're so cute. They're so cute. They're so so cute. cute. But yeah, like this is where I live is very consistent, and you know, your life on the road. These the stories that you have told me are just they're hilarious.
2: Well, it's it's so it's so funny, and it's just I mean, you have to kind of be flexible. You kind of have to have a sense of humor about it because we'll get a call one day saying we need you two states away by tomorrow morning. And you just kind of have to, <laughs> and, you know. You just kind of have to be willing to go. Okay, I'm going to pack up my life and go live somewhere else for a while. Um, and I think you kind of get used to it. it it's a, it's an adventure. Um, we would, we usually are gone on the road about ten to eleven months out of the year. And then the other amount of time we stay um, in the town where my parents live and you know, visit with family. That's usually around the holidays. Um, but the rest of the time and, you know, we have a motorcycle and we go and we drive around on the motorcycle. And that was the best part about out in Colorado is mm-hmm. just going through, you know, through the mountains and just going around. Um, but you never know who you're going to meet. And you never know how quirky they're going to be. And yep. um, they never know if they're going to be in my books.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, I thought the best part of Colorado was playing four-person Pac-Man with me. <laughs> yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> that was great. That was uh, great. Just- you know, that was, that was. you know, you don't know as a new author what it's going to be like having an agent. and. For me, it has just been so much fun. Like you are so yeah. fun, and <laughs> I, you know, that's the best way to career plan is while trying to destroy your husband and your son at Pac Man and
1: losing terribly. Absolutely, um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you <laughs> You you thought that we uh, worked in these fancy offices with like six assistants and wore <laughs> button down suits every day to work? Yeah, no, <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's not how we roll. <laughs> that's not how we roll. In fact, I could be <laughs> a literary agent in an RV in an RV park. Also, my you know one of my goals is for my husband's band to travel the world, and I would go with them because as long as I have a laptop, I can do my job. You can, um, yeah. But and- thus far, I have been on tour with him to Iowa. Which is fine. Actually, that's not true. I was on tour with him in Sweden, which was amazing. Very cool. I ate my weight in herring. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. um, Okay, so let's see. We've talked about the travel. We've talked about the quirky. We've talked about the funny. Well, that story that you initially
2: signed me for, that was a very dark story. That had no... it it was not humorous um it was it was very it was contemporary romance but it was darker and it um was like really dug into like deep emotional issues and I would
1: call it emotionally complex emotionally complex that's better yeah let's cut out what I said No, I love what you said. (laughs) Well, do you want to talk about that? Do you want to tell me a little bit about what it's like to write both dark and funny? I mean, how do you do that?
2: Well, so I actually started as a fan fiction writer. And when I wrote my fan fiction, I just kind of wrote whatever I wanted. I didn't really think about anything. I was not trained to write. In fact, I got... I think I got a C in my creative writing class in college. The one I took. Um, That's hilarious. So, I, so I just kind of wrote whatever I felt like writing. And I like to write funny jokes on top of actiony, serious stuff. And so it was always what I was used to was writing a combination of both. And mm-hmm. then when I started trying to get published, I, what I did was that, that, that manuscript I sent you, I focused on the, the, just the, the more emotionally complex, the grittier stuff. Mm -hmm. And then with books like Paris, what I tried to do is focus on the lighter and the funnier and the just kind of I wanted a feel good book. I wanted tourist. I want somebody to pick up tourists and read it and smile and not feel like I'd gutted them. And I think the other book that I had actually signed with you was one of those. You feel a little gutted at the end. I think both are good feelings. Like, you, you know, Oh yeah. You, you want to have a book gut you, you want to have a book, make you feel light and happy at the end. Um and it's just kind of what mood are you in.
1: So what I hear you saying is both emotions are strong emotions. Yes. Strongly funny and strongly cathartic mm-hmm. are just two sides of the same coin, which is strong. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I never thought about it that way, but that's that's a good point.
2: Yeah. Well and I think too, even in the darkest times you can have humor. I mean yeah, just that's the time we're in right now. It's a little dark right now. Um, yeah, and but you know you can still find you know humor in you know just having to cohabitate with the people we love on top of each other all the time. You know, there's there's frustration, but there's humor. You know, it's it's it's
1: well, and I think I mean when we sold the tourist attraction. Rom-coms or romantic comedies have been selling like hotcakes for almost two years now, yeah. which is a pretty long trend. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was possible that by the time that May 2020 came out that that would be on the downswing. And boy, is it ever not. Right. Rom-coms are the one thing. and And we, you know... What we're finding right now, and it's the middle of April, 2020, it's the middle of quarantine, it's the middle of COVID, Mm -hmm. is that if people have disposable income, they're buying books, and they're buying feel-good books, they're buying escapist books, and I really do have very high hopes for tourist attraction, uh, even though, you know, we haven't been able to do a lot of mailings, and even though the indie Mm -hmm. bookstores, some are open and some are closed, and well, actually, they're mostly closed, (laughs) And even the libraries are mostly closed. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. It's because humor is such a funny, it's such a strong emotion. It's a really good. I mean, like yesterday, I, I ordered a big package of uh, books from the Ripped Bodice, and I didn't know they were supposed to show up yesterday. And I <laughs> was taking a break, and I was playing my son's Beat Saber on VR in my underwear in the living room. Mm-hmm. And the doorbell rings, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's part of Beat Saber." And it rings again, and I take off the mask, and there's the UPS person with my box from the ripped bodice. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. "Oh, <laughs> hi, it's my underwear. Sorry." He's <laughs> like, "I don't need a signature." I'm like, "Nope, that's right. fine." <laughs> you know, and you yeah. know, ripped bodice is, is shipping romance novels right now, and and paying their staff during it. That's um, good. That's uh, really they're amazing. Good. I don't even remember what the point was, but oh yeah, the humor. (laughs) Um, I think that's a really good point. So what is it, I mean, not to touch too much of a hot topic, but what is it like knowing your debut book comes out May 5th, 2020?
2: You know, I think obviously, you know, we don't really know what anything's going to be like, you know, is anything going to be, you know, will the mail be running? Will the mail not be running? Will, know what will be happening, we don't really know. Um I do think that I'm really happy that and Sourcebooks has been amazing. They've been They've so been wonderful. Amazing. they have been I so great. I I I love my publisher. I love my editors. It's they're great. Um marketing department is amazing. Um and they worked really hard to get arcs into the hands of people. And mm-hmm. I have just I loved reading the feedback about people that have viewed tourists as as a lighthearted escapist type story. Because yep. I think I think that, that make that makes me as a writer happy if if somebody was able to pick up this book and just feel a little better for a couple hours when things are tough, then I'm happy. That makes yeah. that's 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 all I need out of it. Um and you know, I don't really know how things are gonna go, um, but I also don't have control of it and i'm and and that we also live a lifestyle where we're always here, there, never really know what's gonna happen, and I think it's a little easier on me personally because I'm used to not knowing what's gonna happen in my life, um, mm-hmm. and just kind of going with the flow of it. I cannot plan anything. So it helps it, you know, just in general, I I can't necessarily plan what we're going to be having for dinner the next week because I don't know if we're going to be driving. Um, right. So it helps that, you know, I, I can't micromanage what's going to happen here with the book and that's okay. Um,
1: that's a really it, nice way of looking at it. I never thought about that that you know with so much chaos and we don't know if the mail is going to be working and we don't know mm-hmm. if the libraries will be open or ebooks you know if they're going to be shipping ebooks to people or whatever not shipping mm-hmm. but you know what I mean Yeah, is if we can't control any of it then everybody who finds a book and reads it and gets some enjoyment is a win exactly and you know I, I think I spent so
2: many years I I I wrote just for fun I mean just because I love reading I love writing and I just enjoyed it and I think that if people can just get some enjoyment out of it that's really that's enough that's that's I think I think we all could use a little
1: happy (laughs) right now Uh, we could all use a little (laughs) moose
2: we could (laughs) use a little moose
1: And for those of you who don't get the moose reference, you have to read the tourist attraction because it is set in Alaska and there is a hilarious character that is literally (laughs) a moose, the animal, uh, who messes with the little town where the hero and the heroine are. And I'm not going to say anything else, but it is hilarious. Uh, And you're right. You know, if this were the feel-good book of the spring, that would be a win. That would be Mm -hmm. a huge. Yeah. And we have an amazing audiobook in production. Obviously the book, the print book is gorgeous. Oh, the ebook will so- be available right away. I mean mm-hmm. and we yeah. just sold rights somewhere. Where did that? where were the rights sold? Uh Dutch. Denmark? Dutch rights. Okay. Dutch so rights. Mm-hmm. That is so exciting.
2: Yeah, I I was very excited about that. That was that was a
1: surprise. That was a great email to get. That's a great email to get also because you figure both London book fair and Bologna book fair were canceled, right? which means, you know, which of course all of our foreign co-agents are working and working and working and working. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just shows that it is still working. Boy, I said that four times,
2: <laughs> but anyway. Well, all of this is just really wild to me because it's wild and it's wonderful. Cause you know, five years ago I was hanging out on my couch writing ninja turtles i mean <laughs> <laughs> as you should i mean and we all have our coping mechanisms i have thought about writing some more ninja turtles lately
1: because you know things being a little tougher in the world but um well and a lot of my authors came from fan fiction writing That's- yeah yeah, yeah, there's there's a thing about that. There's a thing about. It. My passion in college was gay Highlander fanfic. Oh, really? Was it yep. about which which Highlander? Are you talking like Well, I loved both of them, but I'm talking you, about okay. the the Canadian TV series one. Okay. Okay. Yep. Cuz there was there was there was two two series, right? There was the yeah, there Of was, course. Yes, yeah, there was the Yep, the, the, yeah, the, the screaming 1980s one and then the um the one, the TV show one. yeah, Yeah. Oh, I loved that one. Yep. I we were such big nerds. Like, I went to school at Northwestern in Chicago, and my roommates mm-hmm. and I were considering going up to Vancouver to see a taping. That's how big of fans That's we were. Cool. We after watching be- the TV show, we would search around on the internet, which back in the early 90s was, like, really basic. And we yeah. would look for gay Highlander fan fiction. Anyway, Um, that's more information than anybody needs to know, but thank you very much.
2: (laughs) My my first introduction to fan fiction was um, The Dark is Rising. Did you ever read any of those books? Yes! Oh my gosh, right? One of my most favorite book series ever. My heart was broken when they did The Dark is Rising and didn't do it very well um, as a movie. Um, Yep that was, that was painful to my soul. Um, but yeah, that was the very first fan fiction that I ever, before I even realized fan fiction was a thing. I, I was, you know, I found that and I was like, there's other people that write stories about shows that they like too. Oh yeah. my goodness. I've, it was like this, like mind blown moment that changed my life. So, I'm very, very fan um, fiction.
1: And look at you now today, three weeks away from signing your debut book that's going to be on shelves. And you can look at the shelves through the glass window from outside with your mask on. (laughs) The
2: book's going to be out. I don't know if anyone will be in the stores, but technically the book is supposed to
1: be there. (laughs) They won't be in the stores, but you could look through the window and if, you know, if the boxes got there and somebody is in the store to un, un, to open the box and then somebody's in the store to take them out of the box and put them on the shelf, they'll be there. I need, I need to make a little mask that like <laughs> the size of a book and just like. Oh, there you
2: go. Perfect. I have the funniest story about how I came up with that whole book idea at any point oh, Like for a different tell me one or this one, whatever. Um so that book that I signed with you with, um, yes. I was up. It, that was also set in Alaska, and I went up. To, right. Yeah, and I went up to on a, vaca- um, a little um, vacation slash. It wasn't a vacation. If my tax person is listening, it wasn't a yep. vacation. <laughs> <laughs> it was only for research. <laughs> but I went up there with with a friend and. Um, I was researching for a second book in the series and um we went on all of these different excursions and like whale watching and um ATV touring and all of this fun stuff. Um, and I just there's really funny stories with that stuff. Um Whale <laughs> <laughs> watching was on my bucket list. Oh, it was <laughs> There's a couple like instances where we were probably the too stupid to live
1: stereotype
2: oh. <laughs> in some of those stories. We we had a little bit too much fun because um, we got there right before the tourism season actually started. And we didn't realize this because neither one of us was from Alaska. And so we get the ATV tour book and we get there and we pull into this like national park area and there's nobody there. Up for this, like, big um, metal shipping container that you see on ships. And it's just like this big metal shipping container, and this, like, like rough looking man standing outside of it. And, like, you could tell he was armed beneath his oh. vest. And it was, and he's like, I'm going to take you out into the woods.
1: <laughs> <gasps> we're, we're, like,
2: looking at each other, going, oh. This feels like a really this, this feels like a very st- stupid thing for us to be doing here it's just the two <laughs> of us and then if this this tells you about us it, we were like well how much did we pay for this well dang well, that's how much we paid for all right we're gonna go we're gonna go <laughs> <laughs> so we made this man take a picture and so we sent this picture to my friend. <gasps> family and said this is who we're going into the woods with
1: right so if we
2: don't come back in two hours
1: yes and
2: his name was bob and bob Uh is now going to be in all of my books in some way or another um but but he took us out and it was it was gorgeous and it was so beautiful um but the the snow was melting and we um were like four-wheeling through you know all the standing water and slush and snow and ice and um grizzly country um oh they hadn't woken up yet but um so we get we get to this isn't even the story about how i came up with the idea but this scene is in the book in its own way um i tweaked it a little bit for the story but um we get all the way out into the woods and their guide says there's a really cool waterfall that I always take everybody down to, but you have to follow this trail and then we have to go down this steep hill and then I'll take pictures of you. And I'm like, again, yeah, <laughs> this is a horrible, horrible, horrible idea. So we did it. Um <laughs> Bob says, Go down that trail, 50 aces and turn left. <laughs> So we follow a grizzly trail and we go oh, down, down to the waterfall with Bob. And Bob's like, "I'm great at taking pictures." And we're like, "That's really weird, Bob." And then we let him take our pictures in front of. Oh the waterfall. my <laughs> So <laughs> I got a picture of him hanging off this tree over this river, taking a picture of my friend just sitting there in front of the waterfall. um This is cold enough winter. This is not yucky. But, um, but I'm just like laughing. And I know I offended this man because I could not stop laughing. But it was also like so ridiculous how just stupid it was. <laughs> we kept going along with it. Um
1: and you might have to cut this whole story out. <laughs> no, I thought it was hilarious. Well, and of course, now that I know who Bob is in the book, right? <laughs> That makes it even better. Right? It was one of those things that like we go through it and
2: then we leave and we're like, was there ever a point in any of this that we made any good decisions? No, we didn't. Um, But that was the same thing where that, that, that same area that I think was like the next day we took a tour and in in the same area, um, there was a little store, um, a little tourist trap store and we got, and we got out and I had to pee <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I said can I use your bathroom because it was not for customers but you know we're on this trip and you know so they said yes and then I, I did and the toilet would not flush and it oh, was so that. embarrassing and I tried everything I'm a handy girl I tried everything to fix it I like pulled up the back I was doing everything I could do to like fix, fix the toilet I could not fix it so I came out And I whispered to the lady, I'm very sorry, but your toilet won't flush. And she looked so annoyed. Like, so (laughs) horrifically annoyed, like freaking tourists. And I left the store and I'm standing outside and I was like, how much must that suck if you have a business that is dependent on tourism? And the tourists bother you. Like, they're so annoying to you. And I'm like, well, that would make a funny story idea. And, and that's and how the story how we was born. Yep. That my
1: tourist attraction.
2: Yep. Because yep, that, oh I couldn't flush a toilet. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, <gasps> that's the story. There's no toilets in tourists. But, you know, don't worry about that. But there is Bob. But Bob, yeah, Bob. I and don't Hesh. remember who I put him in. I just, I didn't throw him in as the tour guide because I thought that was too much like life. But he's, he's in there. He's, he's gonna, he's gonna make a little appearance in all of my books because that he was is the funniest freaking
1: So in wrapping up, thank you again. We had Sarah Morgenthaler and everybody has to go out and check out the tourist attraction, which comes out May 5th from Sourcebooks. It is romantic and hilarious and so sweet. And we at KT Literary believe in boundless optimism. And Sarah and I both want to share something that makes us happy. So I will let Sarah go first. Oh, gosh, I was hoping you'd go first. <laughs> <laughs> what makes us happy is a good working relationship.
2: <laughs> what I mean, makes us how happy? deep are we going here? I had a cookie right. for breakfast, and that made me really happy.
1: Yeah, no, there's a little bit of that. Um, <laughs> my my son is cooking a lot while we're here um, together in 1,100 square feet.
2: That's good. I mean, him cooking.
1: I You know, uh, there is the um, bookshop.org makes me happy mm-hmm. because they're an organization which connects indie bookstores during quarantine and provides money for indie bookstores and they said their sales are up over two thousand percent this month oh. and they've provided hundreds of thousands of dollars to independent bookstores which is good that makes me happy
2: i got to finish watching the whole series of xena like that there you made go. me happy i didn't you know i'd never gotten to seen see the last season of that and it was pretty pretty crazy, but it was, it was, it was fun.
0: That's perfect, my friend. Thank you again for joining us. You can buy Sarah Morgenthaler's book, The Tourist Attraction, on sale now, or you can find her on Instagram and Twitter. We'll put links in the description. If you enjoy our show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. And if you would like to send us an email, you can at podcast at ktliterary.com. Stay safe out there, and until next time, we'll see you on the acknowledgements page.